Well, this weekend we were sweating as we took pictures of butterflies in this greenhouse. <laughs> we were swatting bugs off of ourselves as we took pictures of sunflowers in a sunflower field. We were yawning as we were up late night out of the Washington monuments taking night photography um, photographs of the monuments. And of course, it might sound like I'm complaining, but I'm not. It was a great photography weekend. And for one reason and one reason only, because it's the Shutterbug life. Welcome to Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Well, hi, welcome again to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is episode 28028, and I'm so glad that you are starting your week with me and with us and all the rest of us in the Shutterbug Life community. This is, of course, the place for all of us who are or enthusiast photographers to the part of to the almost a point of obsession, and it's about everything we need to be, do, or have to to reach your potential. As uh, my son Marky Mark said in the introduction, there, and we we talked a lot about gear, the stuff we need to have. We talked about sort of what we need to be, and being more curious, and being patient, and we'll talk about some of those traits in this one, and and of course the do is you know things that uh, we can work on. And we talked, I talked about that in the middle of last week when we talked about shooting modes. So lots of fun stuff. And I always look forward to starting my week with you and talking about photography. Again, Linford Morton, my friends call me Lynn. And of course, I count you in that number. So please call me Lynn. And today our feature is going to be the one essential ingredient of all great street photography. The one essential ingredient of all street great street photography. I know we, we tend to do a lot of lists, those of us who create blogs and things like that. But today we're talking about one thing and one thing only. But before we get started, just uh, as I said in the intro, it was uh, we had a great photography week, Shutterbug weekend, and uh, you know we went out to photograph butterflies at this Wings of Fancy exhibit. It's a butterfly exhibit. You probably have, you know, there have them around the country and around the world. You might have an opportunity to go in there. It's in a greenhouse, so you have pretty good light. I've been to some of them where they have. Um, uh, artificial light and it's just it's not as as fun or as clean as this one where uh, the light is coming in diffused through the greenhouse um, roof and so we have just tons of butterflies flying all over and we and they would just you know sit down and sit and wait for us to take great pictures of them so it was lots of fun to do that and I saw so many of of the shutterbugs and our shutterbug lifers um, there 
I ran into some a lot of new friends as well, and, and thank you for those of you who came up and introduced yourselves. You know, it's always fun when I meet people on the other end of this microphone who are also taking this journey through of photography with me. And so, for those of you who stopped and introduced yourselves, thank you so much. Uh, I, I really enjoyed meeting every one of you. There's so many people uh, there: Victor and Daniel and. Conrad came with his wife, and and Carol comes to just about, I think, every photography event on the East Coast. Um, it was so much fun. I ran into Rod when I was I was working with a client in uh, last on Saturday evening, uh, teaching him night photography, and I ran into Rod, and Rod is the one who asked the question that I answered last um and last in last week's Ask Lynn segment. And it's so funny to bump into someone that goes, "Hey, thanks for answering my question." I never thought I would actually meet him. Didn't even know he lived in the D.C. area, so that was kind of cool. I, I ran into Raj, who was one of the first people who ever came out to one of the the meetups when I started this back in 2008. One of our founding members, as we call them. And then Dave and, and Jill, who is one of my alums from the New Orleans Photo Excursion Weekend. Linda Pam, all the so many people. I, I know I probably forgot some of you. I know there were, there was a couple I met early on who who hung around after an hour and a half just to to say hello. Thank you so much, guys. Um, I, I really had fun with you guys and I enjoyed meeting you. Um, and and it's interesting because uh, I, as I said before, one one person actually came in from Michigan. And we got a chance to go shoot together and work together. So, you know, if you're planning a trip to the Washington, D.C. area, you ought to check in and see if you can connect with someone in our community who go out and shoot with you and show you around. Um, at a minimum, join a Facebook group and ask someone there. And uh, we hopefully we can find someone to host you. And if you want to learn, of course, I teach photography as well, which is what I was doing Saturday night. All right, so that's good. Um, so g- glad to, to to be able to talk about that. Um, so one other news item or housekeeping—I don't know how how to categorize this one—but I started looking into um, getting some sponsorships for the podcast in the last week, and of course, in order to be able to do that, I'm going to have to find out a little bit more about you. And, you know, they want to know, you know, tell us more about the people who listen, the people who are in your community, you know, who are they, how old are they, what are they into, what kinds of things are are they are important to you. And so I'm going to be doing a short survey coming up probably within the next week or so. And if you could take a moment and complete it, it would really be helpful because if we can get sponsorships on this this, pod, this podcast, it can help us do even better things for you. And as one, as, I think, who's that? Does Daniel Vic? Uh, someone said to me this weekend, "I can't believe we do all this and it's free." You know, and I, I love that about it too. You know, we get to to just share and share uh, in it with abundance. And if we can get someone else to pay for it, then why not? Right? <laughs> anyway, just kind of kidding. Sort of. Anyway, but I'm going to create this um, uh, a survey, and it's not going to be long. It's not going to take a lot of your time, but it it will be important. And if you can take a moment and complete it when that does happen, I certainly would appreciate that. Okay. And so with that, we can get started talking about the main feature for this episode. <laughs> Thank you. 
So someone said this weekend that they were struggling with street photography, and I was on the fence um, about whether or not I would talk about this this weekend, and that sort of you know pushed me over because I know we did street photography with Valerie Jardin, and she is you know very insightful, and of course you know she is one of the ultimate experts on street photography, and as much as she hates when I say that, she is, and she she shared some interesting insights. But I thought to myself, I, I have something that I'd like to contribute to the conversation as well, and I'd you know come back and do it again as a separate episode, and so. Here we are, and I'm calling this the one essential ingredient of great street photography. The one essential ingredient of great street photography. And you know, us us bloggers and podcasters, we like to create lists of things. The seven things for this, the nine things for that, the four things for that. But this is going to be the one thing, the one essential ingredient. Because I think that um, we can boil it down to that. You know, so we think about street photography and we think about, I think, the father of this kind, this genre is, you know, goes back to Henry Cartier-Bresson, who, you know, shot over in Paris in the, you know, 50s, 60s, you know, early, you know, early on. And, and we're still looking at his pictures today and marveling at them and going, wow, this guy was really... You know, he was really perceptive. He was great timing. He he sort of coined the term the decisive moment to talk about his work, and and we still to this day look at it, look at his his work with awe. And he's like, you know, what does it take to have people looking at your pictures fifty or sixty years from now? You know, with the same reverence. You know, you ever think about that? Like, what would it take for someone to be looking at your pictures fifty years from now and going, wow, he when she was really great and just ahead of of his or her time right and so i fear that many of us these days are taking the kind of pictures that people forget the minute they log off of you know the computers and when they go offline they also forget just that quickly so forget about 50 years from now we ain't being being remembered five minutes from now and so we, we what does it take to be remembered like that and to take the kinds of shots or photographs street photography wise that people will always remember and and the greats managed to do it over and over again it's not just a lucky thing for them right they go out and they shoot and they capture consistently the kinds of images um that that you know make you stop and look and if you study them, you'll notice the ingredient I'm going to talk about. And I think it's missing from a lot of our images. And I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. I'll tell you it later. But because I want to set it up, because a number of things we need to talk about before we get there. And the first is something we talked about before in an earlier podcast where we where we talked about approaching people in street photography and we talked about we've talked about other street-ish kinds of topics before and one of the things we talked about is that we have to really work on our mindset to be to take great street photos you have to start with your mindset and and when i say that i'm talking about uh, you know, when you're out there, you're thinking that I'm working, I'm creating, I'm reporting, and and you are not focused on yourself. And and the and when we 
when we struggle, lots of times it's because we're thinking too much about ourselves and not about our subjects. We're thinking, you know, I might look creepy. I might be standing out. I might be drawing attention to myself. I, 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 poop on I, right? Really, it's about your subjects. I mean, all that's going on outside and around you, you have to focus on that instead, right? How will you honor them? How will you remember them? And oh, by the way, how will you make us remember them? Because, you know, in your grasp is the ability to decide how we will remember them, people we have never met before and you get to you get to tell that and, and and you can only tell it if you get out of your own way and say to to yourself it's not about me it's about them it's about my ability to tell you know to tell about them in a way that people will always remember so you know it's it's, it's a mindset and so the first thing is remembering you're going to get into the street photography mindset that it's about them and the the other thing you want to remember is you want to slow down in, in terms of getting yourself ready it's about being patient it's about being willing to wait for something to happen and it's about being okay while it's not happening right because Many of us, we get out there and we're just like, okay, okay, where's the story? Where's the, where's the, where's the picture? Where's the fun stuff? Where's, what's going on? Where, 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 where? And we're just running like we have ADD in a million directions. And sometimes you just want to stop. If you, I, I'm going to share again this, um, you know, Cartier Bresson talking about his work. He talks about going to one location and just staying there and waiting for something to happen for hours. I, early on, several many years ago, when we did our webinars, I had um, a speaker who was one of the National Geographic uh, contributors, and she said the same thing. She said, "I'll go to a location, I'll, I'll sit, and I'll just wait for a couple hours for something to happen." Sometimes it's about waiting, and and because we can't be patient, we miss a lot of good stuff. Okay, so it's about slowing down. And then after that, we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared to capture it. We have to be always looking, always seeing, always anticipating, you know, because a lot of the decisive moment is anticipating what will happen and taking photographs before it happens so that you have it when it is happening. Because once you see it, it's too late. You can't photograph it. And then, of course, it's about always being ready. And that, for many photographers, means always having a camera on you. Because when something really interesting happens and you don't have your camera, then you're not a photographer, right? And you're, you're, you can't capture and preserve it so that everyone else who comes after you will know what you saw on that day. You have to be prepared. You have to train your eye to see you have to be alert to what's going on around you and you have to have your hand on that your 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 trigger finger on the shutter button ready to go okay so think about that get the mindset right you know you're telling stories about other people you are slowing down and waiting for things to happen and then you're having to be prepared okay and once you've done that then you can actually start really looking for real and and looking <coughs> for the great images you're going to create. And, and what is specifically are you looking for? Well, a couple of things, a number of things. First, you're looking for people. Because if you ask me, 
great street photography is usually almost always about people. If you're taking pictures of just the buildings, it's really architectural. And if you're taking pictures of, you know, the, the the texture of the bark, then you're probably closer to abstract. But if you're if you're if you're wanting to take great street photos, you'll notice that the re- all the ones that are that you remember, there's a human element there. It's about people, and it's because human life and human existence is interesting. If you ever just, you want to do an experiment, just sit in the mall in any food court and just watch people as they come and go. And if you just sit there for like a half hour and just watch everyone around you, you'll see so much drama unfolding or just around you, just as people come and go and they talk, they interact, they laugh, they, 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 they sulk, they fight, they do all kinds of things. And, and you will see all kinds of drama unfolding. And you're just sitting in a food court, you know, wherever you happen to be. And now you can take that experiment and take it outside wherever you may be and just stop and look at people and do some people watching and see people as human life unfolds in front of you. And then your job is just to find the one who interests you the most. Right. So you're looking for people and you're looking for people who are interesting and you will know what it is when you see it. I don't have to describe that to you. Right. Who will interest you the most? And then that's where you begin your work. So it's about looking for people. It's about looking for locations. You want to go somewhere interesting. I mean, I know they say you can take great pictures anywhere. To some extent, that's true. But, you know, an, an element of great street photographs always includes the setting, right? The setting and the location. A lot of, you know, in Cartier-Bresson's work, a lot of what he did was also about Paris, right? It's about people, but it's about Paris. And and for many great street photographers, it's about New York. When Brandon Stanton does Humans of New York, it's Humans of New York. And so New York is an is almost just as important a character and or setting for him in his images as you know this couldn't happen anywhere else but new york you say when you, when you look at a lot of his pictures and so you want to remember the location you're looking for interesting locations and it's not just you know going to the big cities right it's also you know interesting locations can be where there are interesting patterns or interesting colors or light or shadows or or, or this is where the the composition or interest might might come into play and you might look for your interesting locations wherever you live in terms of those kinds of of features right but you got to find somewhere interesting and many of the the street photographers will say they do that first right they'll find a great location first and then they wait for something to happen there but 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 Location is going to be a very important element of your street photography work. And then so you're looking for people, you're looking for locations, you're looking for, the third one is you're looking for action, right? You're looking for something happening, somebody doing something. I'm looking for the verb, I like to think of it. You know, it's if if someone is just sitting there not doing anything, it's not going to be interesting to anyone. You want to catch them doing something, um, and and so you want to you always want to ask yourself what's you know what what's she doing you know what's he doing, and and if you're if if you catch someone who's doing something interesting, 
and they're interesting looking, then you're wanting to catch them at the height of the action of whatever they're doing, right? It's not, okay, they're doing something great, but what's the height of the action for someone who's doing something? And at that point, then you can, you know, really put some impact into your storytelling. All right. And now you're looking for, also you're looking for emotion. You're looking for somebody feeling something, you know, joy, anger, love, jealousy, frustration, you know, all these human emotions play out in our interactions and on our faces. And some of us wear it even more uh, bold and strikingly than others. And so your job is just to find it. And just like the height of the action, you want to capture the height of the emotion and, and and take that to the next level. If you can make me feel that now, not just see it, but feel it so that not only do I see what they're feeling, but I feel it too. Oh yeah. Now, now down South, we say, now you're cooking with grease, right? So you're looking for emotion now. And then finally, you're looking for something unexpected. And and this is a, a very important um, feature or symptom or feature of the great street photography as well, right? So for years, journalists would say, dog bites man isn't interesting because dogs are supposed to bite, right? But if man bites dog, now that's news. And much of what grabs our attention is going to be when you show us something unexpected or in terms of composition, when you break the pattern, when I see things happening and I think I know what's going to happen next, but you, you know, you just totally surprise me and come from a very different angle and show me something that I didn't expect to see. That's when you sort of jar your, your viewer and you grab his or her attention because because the easiest way to do that is to show something that isn't supposed to be there it's sort of like sesame street used to sing one of these things just doesn't belong here and if you could sing that song about your location then you're onto something right because you have action and emotion and something that just pops up that doesn't that's not expected there then you have um more impact and this is what you're looking for too, impact more than anything else. Because if you can combine all these things in one image, you know, the people, the location, and action and emotion and something unexpected, you are well on your way to creating the kind of image that people will be talking about in 50 years. You know, and, and here's why. And here's why. And here is the one essential element of great street photography. You're telling a great story. The one essential element or ingredient of great street photography is the story. Instead of asking, where's the good picture? Ask yourself, where's the great story here? And go looking for the great stories. And, and that will get you further down the road to tell to telling great street photography photos than you, than almost anything else. And it's because if you tell a great story, you have all the essential ingredients we just talked about. You'll have character, you'll have a story, you'll have a plot, you'll have drama, you'll have all the things we remember. And as the way journalists look at it, you'll have the who, what, when, where, 
and why. That's right. The people of the who, the locations of the where, the action and what they're doing is your what. The emotion is when you're going to shoot, at the height of the emotion. And then something expected is the why or the so what. So combine all those things that you have the elements of a, of a, of a strong story. And in doing so, you will get a great street photography photo. Now, I know it's easier to say that, right? Go find the story. And so you will show up somewhere interesting. Let's say you happened upon Chinatown. You're in New York City. You're down in Chinatown. Now, you say, okay, Lynn said, tell a story. Now what do I do? And it can be easily to get, it can be easy to be overwhelmed in a situation like that. There's so much going on and nothing really jumps out at you. So you can tell the story first by identifying the story you want to tell and then go looking for it. Meaning you could say, this will be a story of the, the interaction between the buyer and the seller. And then you can go looking for those and find those, those instances where that exchange is happening in a way that's interesting to you. And you see the emotion because usually the, 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 the seller is smiling and is happy. And oh, by the way, something unexpected happened, pops out of there. Then great. You have all the elements sort of falling into place, but it, but you're, you started with, you know, giving yourself a theme or a story first and then going and trying to report on it. Almost like an, an editor gives you a, a story idea and says, bring me back a story on this. And you say, sure thing, boss, and you're out looking for it. And of course, the other way is to just walk around and wait for something to happen that jumps out at you as being interesting and, and then going and working on that. And that takes a little more patience and discipline, but you can make that work just as well. Now, when you're telling stories... The story can be obvious, right? If you think about, let, let's, let's think about this now in terms of some of the, the iconic images of our time, right? The story can be obvious. You think about the kiss in Times Square at the, at, at the end of World War II, a VJ day, right? That's obvious what's going on. At a glance, you get the story there. There's a sailor and a, nur- and a nurse and, and it's an unlikely couple and you, and there's, you know, confetti streaming and you get it. The setting is obvious. There is a big celebration going on and he's just out of control. Boom. At a moment, it's obvious. The story can be implied, right? So you think about the, the iconic image of John, John at three celebrating when president Kennedy's body is going past him in Washington, DC. And it's implied, right? You know, this, this kid is three years old. He's probably too young to really grasp what's going on. But he sees what's going on around him, and he's just imitating it. And so, you know, it's sort of, the story's sort of implied. Like, this: here's the kid imitating what's going on around him, and it makes for, it's unexpected, and it's, it's a story at a glance, and it makes for a great moment. The story can be sort of, a, it, it can be piquing your curiosity. Um, I've, I think I've talked about before Jay Mizell's, um, series he did on reactions to ground zero. And when he shows it, he just shows the reaction shots. So you'll see people looking sad and terror horrified and crying and weeping and you, and you don't know what they're reacting to. And so, you know, part of the strength of his piece is that you just see the reactions and you're just curious, right? As it builds, you're curious and curious about what exactly are they reacting to? 
I'm going to link to the, to, to these in the show notes so you can see the images I'm talking about if you're not familiar with any of these. And at the end, you see the big hole in the ground, and then, oh, that's what it is. But the story can be in, in, in the curiosity that you can create or invoke, okay? The story can be in wondering what happens next. There is a very famous Pulitzer Prize photograph of the vulture stalking the child. There is a starving child in Sudan back in the early 1990s, and the photographer has a a vulture sort of hopping behind, just standing behind and just waiting. And we, we know what vultures are there for, and we see the child looking like the child is about to die, and there's something just heart-wrenching about that scene. And... And this is where the photographer has frozen it in time, right? At the point where we wonder what happens next, and and that can make a strong story in and of itself, the curiosity or the wondering of what happens next. Um, the story can be sort of in the backstory, in the culmination. So there is another very popular, iconic image of they call him Tank Man. And so after protesters and um, and the Chinese government have been clamping down and, and protesters and tanks are rolling through Tiananmen Square, a man in a white shirt steps out in front of the tank and stops and, and halts this progression of tanks. And that moment in and of itself was powerful. And that, and that photograph told a story, but it was really the culmination of the backstory of everything that had been happening up until that point. You know, and, and the story can be just, you know, what's happening in the moment and just the raw emotion of it. If you, if you remember the, the, the Pulitzer Prize image of the Kent State killings and massacre, you know, as the woman looks up and she's crying, you can sort of feel, you can feel what she's feeling. And so it's about communicating what's going on just right then and there. And the story can be just as simple as, what are the odds that someone in a blue dress would happen to walk past this bright yellow wall while I'm standing here with my camera? This is serendipity. And uh, Valerie Jardin has a picture like that. It's sort of interesting where, you know, you see uh, red, yellow, red, yellow, red, yellow going down a line and the person happens to be sitting there also in the same repeating color. And I had to ask, I said, is that serendipity or did you set that up? She says, nope, I just happened to see it. And sometimes, you know, that's just the... The the unexpectedness is, makes the story interesting. And so you'll see a lot of this kind of thing. And if you can l- learn to see and look for this, then you get to create much more interesting street photos. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, you know, Lynn, there are lots of street photos that don't have any stories of any kind. You know, it's just great composition or great symmetry. And, and I'm going to, re- you know push back and say, you know, that can be the story in and of itself, you know, the interesting comp- composition of symmetry, um, that one of the Cartier-Bresson's image of the guy jumping over a puddle and everything just to be such perfectly aligned. I mean, that in itself makes you stop and just wonder. And so, you know, that can be it. But what I'm going to say to you if, is, if your photo says nothing to me, I will remember nothing about your photograph. And that's the thing you want to remember, right? If the photo says nothing, I won't remember anything. And I certainly won't be talking about it 50 years from now because the one essential of all great 
memorable street photographs is they all tell great stories, okay? So, remember that as you're out shooting again, and and I'm going to ask you a question, you know? I'm going to challenge you first to get out there and tell great stories, and then I'm going to ask, what's your favorite street photo? And go back and look at it and ask yourself, can you find the story in it? Because I'm willing to bet that nine times out of ten, there's one embedded in there that you saw that you sort of uh, grasped you know, inherently without even realizing you were doing so. So go back and take a look again at the, the, your favorite street photography, street photograph, or just any you think is really powerful and say to yourself, you know, where's the story here and see if you can find it. All right. So that's it for today. And that's it for our chat about the one essential ingredient of great street photography. Thank you so much for starting your week with the Shutterbug Life Podcast. You know, if you're new, we do this every week. I start the week with this, and we have done this for 27 weeks now. This is episode 28, actually. Yeah. So... If you know, if you like what we do, then I, I invite you to come on back and you know subscribe. You can subscribe on the website. Go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash um, subscribe and enter your information there, so I can send you an email. It usually goes out on Monday morning, and if we do an Ask Lynn segment where I answer your photography questions, you'll get that sometime in the middle of the week. You usually don't get more than two emails from me, but it's you know usually sharing some, uh, so, you know some I, some things I think will be interesting for you, and so I'll, I'll I'll let you know when that happens if you share your email with me, um, and then if you want to follow on iTunes, then you just go to itunes com and then you can sign up there. Really want uh, wish you guys would uh, you know uh, take a minute and share one of your. Um, uh, what do you call it again? A review there. So um, that's sort of helpful too, especially as we start going out and looking for sponsorships. They That kind of thing will communicate to the business community that, you know, all these people, I when I hear you guys tell me that you you love the, the podcast and that you listen to it every week, then we want to be able to convey that level of engagement and enthusiasm to people who um, will help us out. Okay. So, um, do that. Subscribe at iTunes is, you can also subscribe at Stitcher as well and search for the Shutterbug Life there. If you're in Washington, DC, as I said, you, was the, the community is here and everywhere actually, because you can start your own extension of the Shutterbug Life wherever you happen to be, wherever you happen to live. Um, it, it's easy, as easy as finding a meetup that's international. Or if you don't have one near you, starting one yourself. This is how I started down this journey back in 2008. And it's been an enormous change in my life because I was just looking for a couple of friends I could, photographers I could call friends. And, you know, look, I, I have you now as a result of it. So that's pretty cool, I think. So you have, um, you know, you, you, you can do that. Or if you want to learn, you can come on into Washington, D.C. You can do... You know, join one of our workshops. We'll be, uh, well, the one I'm doing at the end of the month is sold out already, I believe. 
uh, creativity and composition. So we'll be adding another one, probably natural light, and I'm uh, closing in on a food photography. And of course, we do the longer ones I'll be doing um, coming up uh, probably next spring, another weekend long one in New Orleans. So keep your ears peeled for that. And of course, after that, we'll do a photography cruise of some kind. And of those of you who signed up to participate in the Help Portrait, uh, that is still forthcoming. So uh, know that's coming down the line as well. Hey, there's a lot going on, and and I also am working on some online photography training as well. So for those of you who can make it to Washington, D.C., you don't have to feel left out. You know, there will be stuff that you can join in the community and continue learning with us. I, this is a place I want to create for us to learn, to share what you're doing with each other, and then for us to all grow together as creatives. So... We're going to learn together, we're going to share with each other, and we're going to grow um, and become better photographers. And we're going to all do it all because we're all parts of the Shutterbug Life community. So thank you so much for being a part of this community. Um, I look forward to talking with you again next week. So until then, enjoy your Shutterbug Life. Shutterbug Life.